Okay, welcome to Pass the Mic for Friday, August 18th, 2023, episode 82. Michael Pihoti here on Zoom. Joining me, Mr. Michael Gervasi. What's up? Welcome, welcome. We're ahead of the schedule. We've been recording Thursday nights. We're actually recording this early on Wednesday, so we're ahead of the game this week. The, um, our schedule is a little more... We're on top of things. Not last minute. We actually discussed possibly recording. You're working the scrimmage tomorrow. Uh, I am testing out the new clock, but I um, some calendar things popped up for me that made that uh, hard to do. All right, feedback and errors. I don't know if there were any errors last week when we talked about um, our back to school special. It was our back to school special. I listened to another podcast that was their back to school special, but they aren't really education topics. They were just talking about funny things from their days in school. But it was our back to school episode and then our over underrated Canada because we talked about Windsor. Uh, what do you have? Did you get any feedback? I got a couple things. You want to start us off? I got a lot about Canada. I'll start with family-friendly show. Um, but I'm giving a shout-out. I won't even say who this is. Uh, I should mention the strip clubs in Windsor. Uh, I'll leave adult, inter- adult entertainment establishments. <laughs> I'll leave it there. I don't even know what's... The, I always remember the running joke was Danny's. Wasn't Danny's a... Uh, Danny's, yeah. That, that was always... That was for the, was the, gentleman for the gentleman performers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you ever worked there? Uh, you reminded me of that Chris Farley clip from uh, Chris Farley and uh, Patrick Swayze. Yeah, yeah, and you know a funny story about that. Um, uh, from what I, I think, the guy Bob Ordnick, the from Better Call Saul, was a writer. I'm pretty sure I might be messing this up, but I'm pretty sure he wrote that script, that oh, really? that scene, okay. and he had hesitations about it later in life because he felt that it was almost a little too yeah. harsh on Chris Farley. Yeah, Chris, I remember hearing that too, but Chris Farley himself didn't really. He, oh yeah, it, it wasn't, yeah, but of course he was going through a lot during all yes. that. I think that was, and I think it's just one of those things you look back at, it's just, and of course I thought it's, most people in our generation, that clip, I mean, both of those guys are tragically died yeah, at young ages. Right, good point. Again, um, pass the mic, what, the jinx of pass the mic, we always bring up these guys. That... We uplift here. Uh, underrated, throwing out, this is Antoine. Throwing out or losing Canadian loonies and toonies because you couldn't spend them over here. I never thought about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Our friends to the South are much more generous with using the American currency than the friends to the North. Yeah. I I was mocked for um, the sample cologne. um, You know, stop to get sample cologne. (laughs) Duty free. And I quote this from Deontay in Arizona, a cheap ass, um, end quote. That was what I was called for doing that. And then he mentioned the passport thing to get into Canada was recent. Even after 9-11, see, I'd love to know when this became a thing. He was able to get over to Canada as as recent as 2003-4 quite frequently because he was uh, dating somebody from there. So I found that to be interesting. Okay. Um, I'm just giving you all this stuff. Elizabeth Pate mentioned the basketball analogy. She really liked that related, um, starting the school year, uh, relating it to layups. Oh, the layup, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Max Bailey, a frequent listener, brought up some pretty good ones. He thought Most Nice was pretty funny. Um, but the commercial, Tate's great, less filling, and I must be in the front row. Than the oh, yeah, when you did your, your commercial thing. That's right. Yeah, that's a that, – you can watch those on YouTube. They're pretty funny. John Madden, Bob Euchre, uh Rodney Dangerfield was always the butt of jokes. There's a softball game one where Rodney's like the the game's tied or something, and he's the last hitter or something. It's just yeah. uh, there's some classic. Max also brought up, and this is a good overrated one, overrated Tim Hortons, and that is exactly yes. true. Um, other than their standard coffee, their standard coffee is excellent. 
Is when, it actually? I, I mean, or good? It's good. It's not okay. I, like I have no issue. If, if I had, if you had to say, go get a coffee anywhere, um, that's like a fast service place: McDonald's, sure. Tim Hortons, Dunkin' mm-hmm. Donut. Dunkin' Donuts is pretty good. Dunkin's good too. But I think Tim Hortons standard coffee is good. Their baked goods, eh, not a fan. No, uh, I'm not a as a, as a coffee drinker, and I also drink cappuccinos and stuff like that. I like if I'm ranking just the places I could think of: Panera, Dunkin' Donuts. Tim Hortons, McDonald's, so forth and so on. I'm putting Tim Hortons near the bottom, just in front of Starbucks for their coffee. Um, mm. I think some of the you're talking things- about their fancier drinks, though. I'm talking no, about I'm, straight I'm just coffee. talking coffee right now. Straight okay. coffee to me, Starbucks and Tim Hortons are, are near the bottom. Actually, Starbucks is at the bottom, uh, and I like Starbucks. I like a lot of their other things. I like their ambiance, but I do not like their coffee. Uh, so I. But Tim Hortons is above them. But I, I like Dunkin'. I like McDonald's so and Panera. Um, but again, the other things I think are pretty good. But I'm with you on the Tim Hortons baked goods. Um, underrated. Um, I just wanted to give the Ren Dog. And if you want to know why he calls a Nick Gagne a Canadian boy, you're going to have to ask the Ren Dog. I'm not revealing it here to the masses. But he said, how could I do a whole episode on Canada and not mention Canadian boy Nick Gagne? Now, why he was given that nickname, you're going to have to, we'll have to have the Ren Dog on to explain that. Well, that, maybe we'll do the call-in show again this year, and I'm sure. So, yeah, the, the two-year anniversary, and maybe yeah. he can. I was just talking to Coach Crampton today. She's like, we got to get the Ren Dog back on after his uh, non-tackling of the fan at Comerica. He's also working events at Ford Field, too, so he's out and about. So if you're down, going down to some big events. Um, elementary, I, I, I and again, I, always, I have the utmost respect for elementary teachers. I think we sort of, we downplayed the importance of supplies at the secondary level. Uh, I had an elementary teacher reach out to me and say, hey, it's still kind of a big deal at the elementary level, you know, because we have this many kids and I sort of get that they do a lot really at the secondary level. If you have your Chromebook and a pen and some paper, I don't know what else you're really going to need. Like, you know, really, whereas I get down at the elementary level, that's a little different. So I'm sure yeah. those supply lists are a little more important. Sure. I also tend to believe that about three, four years down the road, as COVID is in our back window, as far as the shutdown, obviously, if you look at cases, it's back up, but like, the federal money is also in the back window. I think those supply lists will start becoming a little more prevalent because that's just the way it works, right? Like uh, all that stuff is temporary. Um, And then I also want to give a shout out to Tom Pack. He did another great photo collage, which included my state association's logo. Like it was was in there. He found the uh, Mazel Michigan Association School Librarians. He's he's a detective like, you know, he's one of those uh, online detectives want to wish him good luck he's uh, been posting a lot on the booster page ready to get started with shoemate football Co- coach pack go hawks yeah yeah seventh so grade he's coach, a, correct seventh grade coach i believe ready yeah he's he's he's, he's man he's on the ball he's uh i've seen he's yeah. having like had some training you know some offseason stuff so good for him he'll do a great job he, i've known i've coached with him never really because of nate and his boys age just the gap difference. I never really had to coach much, but he was always in flag football, the same basketball leagues. It would always just be sometimes a little, uh, a year behind of where I was. So, all right, this week, um, I saw it like if you're on, again, a lot, I'm not going to lie. A lot of these ideas I get on TikTok, a lot of our colleagues are back to work, right? In other Wait, states. Mike, let me interrupt. Are we going to go oh, Mike of the Week first? Oh, you're Mike of the Week. I'm sorry. Yes, you're Mike of the Week. Okay, so listen, the reason why I interrupted you, um, I had a no, mic. I messed up. That's all right. So I had a mic, um, another derivative, and then I changed it before we even started, like, like right when we started, uh, before we hit, you hit the start button. Um, do you know where this is going? Any chance you know where it's going? It's a derivative of the name Mike. I have absolutely okay. no clue. A very divisive. Scott, Scott Mitchell. No, not Scott Mitchell. 
Oh, that's a pretty good one too. Uh, very divisive local figure um, who writes for the Free Press. And, oh, we're we talking. We're talk yeah. So you're gonna you're, you're you're stretching this to Mitch. Mitch. Mitch is another derivative. I looked it up. Okay. Uh, oh, Hall. it is. Okay. I was going to do a different Mitch. Um, I hope I can find a picture of him that is he's tall enough to appear in a picture. Oh, come on, man! You didn't say that, did you? Uh, <laughs> I was actually going to do a different Mitch uh, for for Max Bailey and Kent Sakura, amongst some others that listen. But uh, I'm doing Mitch Album because you brought him up, and never it's really weird because for me personally, I cannot think. You know, I just mentioned he's very divisive around here, very polarizing figure. Even for me personally is because he used to do before uh, sports talk radio was a thing. He used to do a, a, a sports talk radio like Sunday night show with Mike Stone. I, I remember that. And uh, I thought he was pretty good. And he's pretty, you know, he wrote the Fab Five book. I thought that was pretty good. But, you know, since that time, there's been some some holes poked in that a little bit. Um, he wrote an article that got him in a lot of hot water uh, it, it, around 2005 about seeing Mateen Cleaves at the final four and Mateen Cleaves could not have been, it was not at the final four. So that was, uh, he was called out for that, obviously. A little bit of fiction. I know he's written books that really are popular around here. Uh, the five, or is it the five people you meet in heaven? Um, mm -hmm. Tuesdays, Tuesdays with Maury. You know, so I, and I haven't read those books admittedly. I just know there's been times where he's written articles where I'm like, Man, he really nailed that one. And then other articles were like, God, he needs to give it up. He sounds like a very, very angry older person. And uh, sure enough, you, I, I guess I'll let you take the reins on this one. Why I chose Mitch Album. What did he do that ticked you off this weekend? So I sent a text in our group text. He, and again, I think ever since the success of his books, in which were, one of them was made into a movie, you know, he, he, he used to be a sports columnist, right? Like that yeah. was what he was way back in the mm -hmm. day. And then he got popular, and he's now just basically a general columnist that will once in a while connect back into sports. But he's mainly just – and he wrote this article in the free last week about basically – and people say, we're get off your lawn, our lawn, guys. I mean, it's basically this whole thing about against apps and and technology, and we need this sort of moratorium on this creation of new stuff. And I'm getting – you know, and basically – and yes, we've talked about this. Social media has a negative impact, but we also talked about how it can have a positive impact. And it's also not one of these things where, you know, no one walks, I, I don't think, I don't see this in this day and age of anymore. It used to be for a little while. It's like, oh, you're not on Facebook. You're not, I don't hear that anymore from people. If, you know, if you walk and say, I'm not on TikTok, people aren't like, oh my God, you got to get on. You know what I mean? I think people sure. have gotten to this era of like, okay, this is what I'm on and I'm fine with it. You're not on this. That's fine. There's something we'll get to overlap with, but I don't think there's ever this. Do you feel like it's, there's pressure that you got to be like when this new competitor for Twitter came out that Facebook has? I didn't even add it. I don't, you know, I don't even know what it is. I forget what it is, but I know they did it. I don't jump on every one. And so he just wrote this long and it it sounds like get off my lawn. You know, can we just not have these new, like, and part of me wanted to like comment on the story because of course comments on Facebook are always, and be like, sure, Mitch, why don't you turn in your laptop too and write your next story on a, on a typewriter, like on an IBM. Okay. Like, like, you know, like, so, yeah. and I get the per premise of the story, but I think sometimes he writes about a problem that's, He's writing about a solution to a problem that's, yeah, he makes it a bigger deal. So I'll put him on the wall. I'm no height jokes there. I'm sure there's a picture of him where you can see him above his shoulders and, you know, and I'm sure he'll, you know, yeah. I don't even know if he's on the radio. He used to be on the sports reporters on ESPN too, right? He was, he was always yeah. On that. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So we will add him to the wall now, as I was saying, before I cut you off before the mic of the week, um, I was on TikTok, on TikTok. I noticed a lot of our colleagues in other states were doing their PD 
like last week, you know, a lot of schools are starting this week. Those schools that start pre-Labor Day are, you know, I know my friend Angelo posted pictures of his boys starting in Indiana first day of school yesterday, which meant PD was last week. So it made me think of, okay, we did our back to school special, but like, I'm going to allow you now, and again, PD days, um, as we know from being in the profession, um, they're usually bad. All right. There's the, the let, let's just say the occasional good one does come up and we learn something good and there's something in there. But if you had to make a bet, like if you were going in and putting a wager down, you probably bet on disappointment. Like if you had to survey a staff and again, this is no, I'm not trying to badmouth anyone, but this is just go watch any of these TikToks of these teacher PDs. I was watching these yeah. people down in Houston and, and like, you know, and so I thought, okay, put up or shut up. And I think some of our best PD days are when our administrators turn to our coaches. I know you uh, tease, uh, what, what do you call Kelly? Marty Morningwig? No, uh, no, I call Matt, Matt, Matt Patricia. Matt, Matt, Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia. Uh, Kelly Warren Morning. and Trish Boucher create a lot. And, um, you know, and it's not for lack of trying to. Some things are just the way it is. Like, this is something the county's handing down. You're going to learn this. The state yes. is handing this down. So some things your hands are tied. But I think a lot of our best stuff is staff developed and created. And I don't want to steal any thunder. So with that, I want to know, I want you to create your perfect PD day. Yeah. So first of all. Like, put up or shut up. If you're going to complain about something. That's like, like we always say, if you're going to complain about the way something is, okay, then what's your solution? So what's your right. perfect PDA? Well put. And, you know, our overrated and underrated kind of goes with this too, right? Um, yep. So I, I, I think everything's going to kind of tie in here. My perfect PDA is this. Um, you know, I think of the dog days of the school year, so to speak. You're 100 days in, you know, February-ish, you know, early February. And you're teaching a lesson, just hypothetically, I'll, I'll speak anecdotally from my perspective. Um I'm teaching a lesson on supply and demand. How do I get through this? Like I, to me, it's just the mental health aspect for everybody involved. But how do I get through this, the dog days of the school year when you're in February trying to teach a lesson to the kids? Uh, you know, how do I get through this? I, I think that is the, the most important part because, you know, you get into March and April, you could sort of start to see the end, you know, you have spring break that's on the horizon. November, you have Thanksgiving and, and, and Christmas break on the horizon. But I like, we get to the dog days of the school year when it's early February and spring break is, is almost two months away. And a lot of years it is two months away. How do you get through this uh, and, and keep the kids interested and keep your sanity at that point? So that's my, that's my professional development to start the year. How do we get through that part of the year? I want to give credit to something that the local district was listened to our, as we did negotiations, we used to have like two and a half days of the three days was all PD at the start of the year. And it sort of punched you in the, I'll say it didn't punch you in the gut, it punched you square in the nose. Like you come in, you're ready and fresh. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there for two full days and a half day. And if, if, and we said like a good, you know, if only 20% of that is something that you're really into and like, that's a lot of time of my goodness. You know what I mean? And sure. so what we said to them in negotiation was like, Hey, can we, cut that down at the beginning, maybe add a little more uh, time to work in your rooms and then spread that other day out somewhere in the rest of the year. And administration was great about it. They're like, that's how you guys feel. As long as we get this, this many hours in, we have no problem taking that from the beginning of the year and spread it around. So I think, first of all, that's the first thing. For some reason, a lot of these districts feel like the first couple of days has to be PD down your throat. Yeah. Right. And you're like, you're like, my goodness, I was excited about starting the year. And so I want to give a shout out to Gibraltar and our administrations for listening to that, saying, hey, this is how my our people feel. Can we cut back on some of this? And they did. They did. If you look at our calendar this year, I think it's one day of PD verse and one and a half of time of like staff meeting and then working on your own stuff. So I mm -hmm. think that's that's a key thing. 
so in, in a way i sort of made mine as a list of things not to have okay <laughs> so like i'm so, so no getting up and walking around the room and writing things on large pieces of paper i don't okay. need to do that I've, sure. got, I've got a bachelor's degree i've got an advanced degree you present i can learn it i'll understand it i don't have to go get a sharpie and write on the corner of a board in a fancy color i got it i got this i don't know do doctors do this do airline pilots do this do they get into a big room and they're like hey we found Hey, does Captain Sully go, hey, everyone go around right on the corner how you will land if you crash into some birds? I don't know. For some reason, us as teachers, that's a big thing. All right? No icebreakers. All right? Unless there's a new person in the room. I, I, I hope everyone had a great summer. I'll talk about it with you at lunch or breakfast. I don't need to tell you, you know, what's going on there. I don't need to tell you how many walks I took out on. By the way, Ella making another appearance and pass the mic. She's up here. We oh, went yeah. on a 5 a.m. walk this morning. She got her episode of People's Court in at 10. It was a dog case, so she was excited. All right. Um, I like the idea of multiple short sessions, right? You don't want a three-hour session. You want like a something that can be – when we do a roundtable things like in the back half of the year where it's like, you know, they take the two an hour and a half, two hours at the end of the day, and you go to like three 30-minute things or four 30-minute things, right? Especially if there's choices involved. I think about like good conferences you go to. You get a list of like – Yeah, you know, I agree. Option. You go to 15 options, and you pick – you know, four or five of them, and that's what you learn. So you actually get some, you buy in on it. And I get it. I understand that's not how all P, PD can be done, but our people do that, a lot of that where they're, they're sort of like um, round tables. Um, so multiple short sessions, lunch on your own outside of the building. You can leave and decompress and go hang out with other people. Uh, and I think, like I said, I sort of hinted it at the start of this. The best stuff that we tend to have, I've had some good stuff from Risa here and there over the years. We've talked about it. The best stuff has been my colleagues sharing tips, plans, apps, websites, things that they have learned and come across, right? That is, to me, whether they be teachers, administrators, counselors, our coaches, our administrators at the second, at the board office, things that they do and use, which include, we've, we've done some mental health things, right? Like they built that in as part of the, or PD. To me, that's the best. So that's my perfect PD day, a combination of getting rid of those things I said, and building it upon those others. So, man, you killed my overrated and underrated. I got a little bit. Oh, left. well, I will. And it's all right. I mean, that's all right. It's, I'm just all right. So, so, with that, we'll lead into that. So, overrated and underrated is teacher workday. It's not necessarily PD. Teacher workday, too, is the day you go in and get to do whatever you want. So, it's basically a day where there's no kids there, right? Yeah. Which for us is mainly PD, but there are also the teacher workdays that are legit. Hey, here's some time. Go meet with your department or go, you know, put up posters in your room. So, with that, what do you have is overrated? Teacher workday. Sorry if I stole anything. No, it's all right because I I kind of combine the two. And, and again, this is we don't have we don't prepare for this very much together, right? We no, we just we just we just we just threw out what the i the um our education topic was and overrated underrated. So man, what I so my immediate thought, uh, and you mentioned some of the things, but there's one thing you didn't mention. I'm glad you didn't. My immediate thought was two twelve. Um, and so I'm going to leave that. The overrated is. And, and I do think that um, our recent administrators have understood this better. And maybe it's because we're all, we've all kind of grown together and we're, you know, we were, we're all about the same age. So as we get a little bit older, we're, we're, we're sort of understanding each other better. Those platitudes that start the year, those, those speeches, um, they don't work. They, they're, they're and, and you know, again, the 212 thing we've mentioned on the show before. We watched this video some years back that was supposed to be inspirational. 
well and it's become for, for, for those of you that are not chemistry majors yeah we'll explain it so water and boy and for those of you in our european friends we got to really explain it water boils at 212 degrees fahrenheit in the in in our fahrenheit scale at 211 degrees it's not boiling at all it's just hot water but at 212 that if you go from that extra degree that becomes steam and then steam can power a locomotive so basically the moral of this presentation to all of us was, hey, go that extra degree and you can move mountains or move locomotives. And so still to this day, many years down the road, we ask people in the hallway, hey, wh what degree are you at? What temperature are you at? Wh where are you at? And, you know, some days you're at 185. Some days you're yeah. at two. Some days you are at 212. Then there's some days where you're at like 48 degrees Fahrenheit. You're just, you know, cold as I won't even say cold as ice because that's not freezing, but. You know, and these cliches, the, the, but it's it stuck with us. It did. It did as as a humorous bit, as a as a bit. Oh, that's we, okay. Yeah, I'm at 106 today. I'm half. Oh, okay. So I'm just I'm just throwing it out to you, like, and I, they don't work, uh, especially as you get older. It's like you know, in sports, you have coaches that their message eventually just doesn't hit, doesn't land. Uh, at a certain point, you have veteran staffs, and I think we are right. And yep. these things are so. So that's my overrated. I, 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 we don't need to hear, especially things like two twelve. And speaking of sports, you know, Michael Jordan was once cut <laughs> from his varsity basketball team. Did you did you know that? So you should I, never. I, I, thank you for telling me. I wasn't aware. <laughs> I'm not. I'm oh, not even going that, to, you're not. You're not baiting me into this one. That's this that's an even. That's an even over bit. My you know, overrated. It's funny too, Mike, about that story. Even on the tech story with all basketball people, we will argue that. And the people that still buy into this narrative, he was not cut. Okay, go on. If you know the story, you know the story. Yeah. My overrated ties back into what I sort of stole my own thunder. My overrated is provided lunch in-house. Provided lunch in-house. It, it sounds like it's a nice feature and it's this and that. Oftentimes it's, I would rather just go, I'd rather just go and I understand the provided lunch does one thing. It locks you in so that no one's late for that second half session or whatever. But back in the day, you know, back in the day when we were in trimesters, when we you had half or when we had, even when we had three days, for example, there was a lot of opportunities to go out to lunch with your colleagues. And it was always nice, right? Like that's always a nice feature these days. Yeah. So the more the overrated in-house provided lunch, I'm not even talking about the food quality per se. It's right. just the idea. <laughs> then there's this line of like 50 people, like 50, 60 people. If they invite the middle school over, there's even more. If you're in the back half of it, you end up with like, oh, what is this ham and cheese on it? You know, it's like, <laughs> I'd rather just, hey, you got 45, you know, every other, again, most other professions, here's your lunchtime, go out and go to where you want to lunch. Everyone doesn't go to the same place. So you get some time. And so my overrated is provided lunches. I guess that ties back into my perfect PD day. I would just say, all right, you have an hour. Please yeah. be respectful. Be back on time and sure. go where you want. If you want to just eat, you know, whatever. But that's my overrated. What is your underrated? My underrated kind of goes with that because, you know, part of the lunch experience is the camaraderie you get to have. Um, and you just look around um, and you see that we're all glad to see each other again. You know, as much as maybe the start of the school year, it really is overwhelming. I, I think of myself every Friday in September, I am just exhausted by the time I get home because it's just, you know, the, the so many things coming at you at once. But when you look, if you just take a moment, and I, I'm sure administrators see this, um, when you look at when the teachers are just allowed to get caught up with each other, hey, how was your summer, all those things, I, I think it's awesome. 
And so that's why I'm with you. So I'm going with the teacher, just the overall camaraderie with your colleagues, uh, the ability to catch up with each other, the ability, you know, I haven't seen, you know, I haven't seen a lot of people all summer. It's been a few months and we'd like to get back together and, you know, rib each other and all that stuff. So I'm just going the camaraderie itself altogether, which is why getting the lunch on our own is so valuable uh, because, you know, that to me, the bait and switch of lunch within, um, within, provided lunch. lunch sorry thank you uh it is nothing more than an ability to get us to pound us with more platitudes for an extra 15 or 20 minutes that yeah. we could have otherwise so i'm going teacher camaraderie is the underrated you tied right into my under my i wrote in my note this time with co-workers and that's everybody administrators because sure. you know just being able to hey how was it? you're right i've seen very few people obviously i've seen you um you know i've seen rocky now coaching you know here and there I, last night I, you know scope and rice popped up at this event for the Sims run that we were planning. So Max Bailey, but it's just time to say, I don't need to do it like this presentation of icebreaker. Let me talk to a group of people yeah, and say, Hey, right. how was your summer? And that sort of thing. And say, Oh, how's this and that, you know? And so that's to me, again, it's that social time with coworkers. I think it's very important. Um, especially if you're in the profession we are, where you're working as, you know, we have our individual classrooms and we have our individual responsibilities, but we, and that we all have the same goal. We're working together to educate these children, prepare them and have them graduate and prepare them to move on. And, and, you, and if you want that to work well, you do need a staff. And that's one great thing about our building. I think our staff does work very well for, with each other. We have, you know, we have concern for each other when things go wrong. So again, I totally agree with you. That's the best part about teacher work days is catching up, you know, hearing about the summer and that sort of thing. So, hey, we were on the same wavelength there. Um, well done. Okay, hot mic take for the week. What do you have for us here on August uh, 18th? Okay, so my homework was originally going to be an education topic, but I'm going to hold off. I'm going to put that one aside because I think it will generate some discussion. However, uh, we've kind of beat education to death today. So I'm going to I'm going to go off course and just kind of go off script as I was reading some of my notes here um, on my phone. I came across a discussion that some friends and I had. Let me ask you, and I'm not trying to gotcha you. Okay, I promise you I'm not doing that. Do you know who Sean Marion and or Amari Stoudemire is? Well, is they're both alive, so is. Well, Stoudemire was a basketball player, right? Yes. Phoenix. Yes. Okay. Was Marion a football player? He was a basketball player as well. Oh, he was a basketball player as well. I'm mixing. I'm thinking of a San Diego Charger. Okay. I so I I obviously remembered Stoudemire. I don't I don't remember Marion that much. So these guys are. I mean, Sean Marion hasn't been out of the NBA for more than a decade. Um, they were both very good basketball players. And the question came up on a text thread, should these guys be Hall of Famers? And it led to a whole discussion. And, and this is, I'm going to throw this out to the, this is more of a sports related question. Um, the NBA has a seemingly a very low bar of getting in the Hall of Fame. For example, uh, he's one of my all-time favorite players and, and uh, you know, definitely top five, but I do not feel like Joe Dumars should be in the Hall of Fame uh, as a player. A very, very good player. Go on. What are you gonna? What are you thinking? Then? Well, I, I just want to make sure. I, so, in the basketball Hall of Fame, it's not the NBA Hall of Fame, right? It's, it's about the whole. It's a basketball Hall of Fame. So, I wonder if his career in the NBA, and then maybe the. I know it was a short stint in the front office. He won a title as a front office guy too. I'm just trying to think. You know, I'm not saying I agree or disagree um, with your thought. I'm just trying to because I know they're different. Like. What would you say? Would you say the MLB is the, the toughest? Yeah, right. Right. By far. I mean, Lou Whitaker's not in the Major League Baseball right. Hall of Fame. And we're not even talking about blacklisting. We're not talking about the Pete Rose, Barry Bonds. Sure. 
Sure. You know, but we're talking like, okay, Lou Whitaker is a legit, there's legit really good players that for some reason yeah. didn't make it. And then I think like the NFL is sort of like a lower tier. There are some guys that you hear sort of get in that are sort of like, you know, and then they have sort of like this, you know, veterans thing and that sort of thing. But I think, I think I, from what I read and see the names, usually with basketball, it seems to be a little more even easier than the NFL. And that's, you know, I kind of just want to, what's the criteria? It, it just seems like, uh, and maybe the point is to not have a criteria and judge each individual on his his or her own merits, which is fine. Uh, but that's what, that's where I was going with this, man. Baseball seems to have this unbelievably high standard. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Barry Bonds as an example. Um, you know, we don't know when he started probably doing steroids. I, I think anybody would, would agree with that. I don't think I'm saying anything controversial here. But he was a great player before. Roger Clemens yep. was a great player before. Yep. Uh, I know they're blacklisted, but man, that's a pretty, those were two of the best players in their sport. Uh, again, I love Joe Dumars, but nobody in any point in his career would have suggested he was the best or even second best shooting guard. There might be some debate on that because he was so good defensively. Um, but when I think of him, you know, and I think of some other great positional players that played his spot, you know, he's nowhere near what Dwayne Wade was. Uh, he's nowhere near what Kobe Bryant was. And again, those guys are the high standard, but um, I, and again, he's just one of many that I think the fact that Sean Marion and Amari Stoudemire were mentioned on this text thread, and in fairness, it, it was Antoine that brought it up. They are not, they, nobody thought they should be, but they could become the Hall of Famers. And, and that to me is, therein lies the difference. You mentioned Lou Whitaker. I mean, he was one of the best two or three second basemen throughout, or through a lot of his career. Uh, and he's probably not going to make it. And it just it's just odd to me um, what these sports do with their Hall of Fames. Because it's, I mean, this is the criteria. This is the pinnacle. You were a great player. Uh, but what is the standard in this sport versus this sport? And again, you mentioned basketball. It, it's a basketball Hall of Fame. Um, but Joe Dumars, for the success that he had in the 0304 Pistons teams and a little bit thereafter, a lot of people thought it was kind of luck. I'm not one of them. Because he did hold out. He the, the trade was Grant Hill, who actually had signed with the Orlando Magic, and it was a sign and trade. And he held out for Ben Wallace, Hall of Famer Ben Wallace. Again, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Hall of Famer Ben Wallace. But after that, you know, a lot of people thought his his career in the front office was a failure in a lot of ways. He made a lot of signings that a lot of Pistons fans don't like. One of some of the most infamous signings. He has one of the most infamous draft picks in NBA history in Darko Milicic. So, you know, what exactly is the criteria? And God, I hate having it Joe Dumars because, again, he is one of my top five all-time favorite NBA players, maybe number three. Um, but that's just – it seems like a low bar in one sport versus a very high bar in others. Here's the thing I'll add to it just to wrap it up, and I'm not a math guy by any stretch. You're dealing with a smaller core group of people sure. just by roster yes. sizes. Compared, we mentioned the NFL and we mentioned Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball has a a forty man roster. Now that's not who's all playing, obviously, but you you're up you're up into the you know mid twenties, right? Um, I, I forget what the twenty three. What is it? I, I'm sure we'll get Max will correct us. Twenty five. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so so you have a bigger pool sure. of talent that is playing, whereas the NBA you have you've had a smaller pool of talent over the years. Plus, it it through recent expansion teams have added, but it was also one of the smaller leagues number of teams wise. NFL. You know, you when you think about it, if you almost probably did like a ratio of players, the NFL might be the most selective when you because you talk about the number of players that are on a roster over the number of years. You That's know, fair. Fair point. Um, but but I'm sure that plays a point in it. You know, there's been 
there's just been less shooting guards than there have been second basemen, you know, or infielders in Major League Baseball. You know, I, so I, I you know, I, just just as something to throw out there and look at it. Okay, my hot mic take. Um, it's a big news story, um, and I and I was I had it in my notes for last week, but I wanted to talk about my Detroit visit. So I'm sure by now everyone's seen the devastating fires out in Lahaina in a Maui, the island of Maui. I was very fortunate. My dad took us there as in elementary school as a family vacation. Um, and I fell in love with it then in sixth grade. Um, and then my wife and I went there on our honeymoon way back in June of 98. And we said one day, you know, and, I'm, and I, I think I mentioned this, I'm, I'm not a repeat traveler person. I don't like going to the same place over and over. I like to see new places, but we decided uh, one year on vacation, we wanted to take our kids there. And so we did that again. So it was actually, that's three times for me. That's a lot going to the same place, you know, that's, and I, when I saw the story and, and we would stay in Kanapali, which is near Lahaina, um, but that was sort of like the town you'd go walk. It's basically, you know, it's like the town you'd go walk through. And uh, just to me, the, the, the devastation, and as more and more got out, you heard that like, they thought they had this fire contained. And I remember too, like a lot of the building, it's such an old town. It's, a, it's the old capital of Hawaii. It's, a, it's an old whale fishing village. Everything was like wood, you know what I mean? Like, so if you look, and we went back and we looked at old pictures and videos and just uh, ultimate devastation. And, you know, and I think people, um, and I'm seeing a lot of stuff now, like people always saved up for all this whole trip and I still want to go. I couldn't imagine, I mean, I know there's other parts of that island, but I couldn't even imagine wanting to be there right now. Let, you know, sure. let these people, I mean, they're yeah. still finding bodies. Or, uh, and I've mentioned this before and I'm, you know, it's now the most deadly fire that passed the one in California. I forget the name of the one in California. That's the one I read the book on. I don't know if I have my book up here. Let me, I think it's at work. Um, the parrot, I forget the name of the fire in California. And I read this book and there's a Netflix special on it. We are sort of sheltered from this idea of wildfires. And I think if you talk to people from California or what's going on in Canada, the, you know, the, 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 the danger that can drop on a And that's like what happened to these people. Like one minute you're driving and it just looks like it's windy or whatever. And the next minute you're surrounded and you're, there's nowhere to go. You know, a tornado, you can hope that you don't get hit by something flying or it moves past. There's nowhere to go around a wildfire. So I just, again, I am heartbroken for the people there. I'm heartbroken. It's a beautiful island, a beautiful town. I understand there's a lot of natives that are on, you know, upset with people. And I get it. I could, I could yeah. totally understand. And, um, you know, if you if you have plans to go, I sort of like say, you know, put the brakes on it, maybe donate or something. And I understand too, you save up a lot of money. And and that, these trip places, and again, this is a, a little. If you ever spend a lot of money on a trip, pay for travel insurance. I'm just, it's yeah. it, it, it sucks because you're already spending like four or five thousand dollars, right? And it says, hey, for another three seventy five, yeah. do you want travel insurance? Buy the travel insurance. Just just do it. Um, you know, just that's, I just, again, I, I love the town. I probably wasn't going back again, because again, I wasn't gonna be a four-time person, but still on this laptop that I'm recording this on, I have a picture of the kids on Mount Haleakala as the sun rises, the most peaceful I've ever been. I've told, you know, top five locations I've ever been, I hope, but man, it's just leveled. It's just yeah. leveled, man. Wildfires are, are something to be, not to be messed with, so. All right, uh, well, Lions preseason, strike up the parade. Uh, what are your thoughts? Now, listen, we got some bad news, breaking news. Max Bailey, what did he, what's his text? Who was uh, our number one receivers out? And Monra, St. Brown, we don't know. I mean, we haven't looked at it. He yet. left practice. He left practice. I mean, we're not, we don't want to be like giving breaking news here. I'm not, so were you, how, not, uh, were you satisfied with, uh, I mean, first of I all, mean, let's be, let, let's be realistic. 
Okay. They came back in the fourth quarter. That's not the teams that are going to be playing. That's not the Giants that will be playing in a few weeks. Right. And that's not the Lions that are going to be playing. Right. So you really look at, okay, how this first drive go and how did some individual players do? Yeah. How do you feel? The rookie Brian Branch looked really good. Um, Demir Gibbs, it's hard to say, not a lineman there. So it's really hard. It's really difficult. But with the rookies themselves, uh, I, I was impressed, especially with Branch. So strike up the parade for him. Um, but, you know, I, Mike, again, I don't, I don't know. I don't, you're, I, I want the listener to know your text messages during the game were, were somewhat obnoxious. Um, I told him I wanted to watch the Tigers. Wasn't it Tigers Red Sox that night? Tigers Red Sox that night. And, and you know, I, I, again, I don't put any stock whatsoever in my daughter's trying to mess with me here in the background. I don't put any stock whatsoever in any preseason game, as has been pointed out many times. The year the Lions went 0 16, they were 4 0 in the preseason. So I am withholding any judgment whatsoever. I'm not planning a parade based upon the victory that they had. Maybe they'll get one Saturday over the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, a uh, great young quarterback. Um, but again, I will hold, withhold any judgment whatsoever from anything in preseason, except for how some of these young guys look. Is golf even playing in this game? I heard Bridgewater is going to get a lot of, uh, I think, Bridgewater, I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I don't, I think it's going to be Bridgewater. I think don't, uh, don't quote me on that for sure. But I think is it now, is it like the third game then where they play like a quarter, maybe? I don't know how it works now because there's only three preseason games. Yeah, so um, I will say there's something that really cool that happened. And I want to give a shout out because this is back when I had season tickets. And I think this guy's a class act and he's good at his job is Lomas Brown was informed that he was going to be in the lion's ring of honor or what they call it. Lions yeah. Pride. Yeah. And uh, he, um, when I had my, you know, that he was there, that, you know, back in that era of the late nineties. And I think he's just a great guy in the community. He seems like he'd be like the friendliest guy just here. He, yeah. Him as a, listen, Dan Miller and him compared to what it was in the era before. Mark Champion okay. and Brandstatter. Yeah. And I like Champion, but Brandstatter to me weighed everything down. He was such an awful homer in everything. everything. And I get it. You're, you're your home. But I mean, Lomas isn't to the point where he's obnoxious about it. You know, like he's happy about stuff and whatnot, but he isn't whining about every call. He's Since he's played the game more recently, I think he's obviously more realistic about it. So I think there's not such a more deserving guy as Lomas Brown. Uh, just a great guy. Great at his job. And you could just, I just sort of get the feel watching him that like they showed videos of him, like interacting with people and teammates talking about him. I think it's a well, you know, for me as you know, you, I know you get on my case of bashing the lines. I'm not going to bash the lines with that. Lomas Brown is definitely a great guy. So I wanted um, to, you know what, before you go uh, anything else, I want to find this guy, as you mentioned, Lomas, God, I wish I could, the Lions preseason game. So the local broadcast was, um, Devin Gardner is a commentator, former Michigan quarterback, and the God, I cannot. His name is Jason Ross. Um, he he was the broadcaster with Devin Gardner, and I cannot find him now. But he wrote a really cool. Um, he had a really cool tweet. I don't know what Twitter is called anymore, X or whatever. So you call that, but. Um, he wrote a really cool one. He is brand new at this, and he started. As hold on, like I might be able to find this. It, it's a really neat story what he wrote on Twitter. Basically, a year ago he was, uh, or two years ago. Here we go. Four years ago, or four years ago. Sorry, I snuck into the network TV booth at Ford Field in hopes of meeting Jim Nance to learn about calling NFL games. Last night I called my first Lions TV in the exact same booth. Wow, so pretty, pretty neat story. Hey, 
Um, he looks like he's like not a day over 25. I don't know too much about him except that. Um, when the game started, Max asked me who he was. I said, I don't know. He looks really young. And then he tweeted that out. So a pretty cool story. Yeah, that is cool. That's, you know, like that, that's a dream profession and career. We'll, we'll be starting in our booth uh, a week from Thursday, right? Yeah. yeah. Carlson versus Eight Airport. Car- Carlson versus the game. Here on League Throwback, uh, for all you uh, Carlson Marauders that are class of, I think, 96, 97 and prior, that was our that was our old Huron League days. And um, got that going on. The Sims run is Saturday. You can still sign up. You can sign up online. You can sign up that day, Simpsonian race, over on Grozeal, 8.30 is the mile fun run, and then the 5K to follow. Looks like the weather's going to be beautiful, so come on out for that. Um, and this is um, next week our last full week officially off, I have some work days in there where we got prep day in there and then it's back to the PD, right? Yep. There we go. We're back, baby. Year 26 for me. Year what for you? Uh, 20. Uh, wait, 19, I don't mean to put you on the spot here. 20. 20. Oh, nice. All right. So there it is. Have a great week, everybody. And we will see you next week. 